Good morning. It is Friday, March 12th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined right now by Brandon Huffman, national analyst recruiting in college football for 24-7 sports. Brandon, I just kind of changed your title on the fly. You're a recruiting guru, but you also know a ton about college football, and in particular, the Washington Huskies. And as we go on our quest to cover every single Power 5 team this offseason, I was like, hey, for a team I don't know much about, I got to bring in Brandon Huffman because you look at Washington last year, they won the Pac-12 North, but they only played four games going three and one. I know nothing about this team. If you sit tight, somebody else might be leading the program and somebody else might be coming into the program. So the program that you saw in the shortened season last fall could look markedly different from the one that you'll see next fall with opt-outs at the end of the 2020 season and prior to the 2020 season with some players going into the transfer portal. Now with guys coming in, incoming freshmen coming in, this could have the look of a different team come September when they open up the season, I think week two in Ann Arbor at the big house. Like 2020 for the Pac-12 teams was a lost year, a mulligan year if it wasn't good. And then if it was, it's especially for Washington, you mentioned it, so much change. Defensive coordinator exits, he goes to Texas with Steve Sarkeesian. Jimmy Lake's got to kind of rebuild this thing on the fly. Another offseason, another quarterback transfer. Yeah, Puka Nakua last week transferring to BYU. When you look at Washington, and, and obviously we're going to talk about the quarterback battle, if it's a battle at all, what is the identity of this team? Well, I think it's still a team that wants to win with defense. And if you look at their defense last year, with Jimmy Lake moving into the head coaching role, with Pete Kwiatkowski moving back to the defensive coordinator role, they took a big blow before the season started when Le'Veon Wurzerike and Joe Tryon both decided to opt out of the 2020 shortened season. So you lose two defense alignment that could have been a huge part of a defense that was already pretty salty when the season started. Now Elijah Molden graduates, so... Well, they still want to win with defense, and they had some players emerge last fall uh, that are young, exciting underclassmen, especially in their front seven. They still did lose a lot of leadership in that secondary with the departure of Elijah Mulden. But make no mistake, this is still a team that under Jimmy Lake, they want to win this game by playing great defense, by running the ball. I mean, he's a guy who I think after his second game of the season wore a hat to the press conference and said, run the damn ball. So what do they do? They bring in a quarterback who's about three games away from setting the Washington State high school passing record in Sam Hewitt, a guy who has been in the air raid system. So will Dylan Morris be the guy running that offense that looks like it's going to be a little bit more of a ground control offense? Or is Sam Heward, the incoming freshman, going to be Washington's Trevor Lawrence type where he can unseat a guy who's already been there and has done well in that initial year because he could be the future at that position for the Huskies? Don't bum me out. Don't tell me the true freshman's not going to win the job because the the team wants to do a ground control offensive attack. I mean, Dylan Morris, nothing against him. Decent recruit too, but Brandon, I, I want to watch Sam Heward. I want him. I want J.J. McCarthy at Michigan. I want Ty Thompson at Oregon. I want our young elite quarterbacks to step into the spotlight week one. I think we've seen a lot more of that too in recent years where if you've got a talented freshman and even if you have a returning starter who's done well, I think the most notable one was obviously what Kelly Bryant did at Clemson, taking them into the playoffs in his one year as a starter and then starting the beginning of the next season before Dabo Swinney realized Trevor Lawrence is the future. So will Jimmy Lake go that route? Will 
Dylan Morris be his Kelly Bryant, where he starts a few games, but it becomes so obvious that Sam Heward, from a physical standpoint, checks all the boxes. But that's the thing. When you watch Washington last year, they weren't necessarily lighting it up through the air. Even in the game against Utah, where they trailed early and they rallied to win, yeah, they started to pass more, but they really wanted to set the tone on the ground. So I I think it's going to be interesting because Washington does return a pretty solid group on the offensive line that they have the offensive line where they can really win in the trenches and they want to get takeaways and and make plays defensively to to limit their opponent's scoring. But you have a talented quarterback coming in. The big question is going to be, who is he going to throw the ball to? Ty Jones has been, you know, up and down in his time there. He's gone. He's at Fresno State. Puka Nakua, who was the most exciting player that they signed two years ago on the offensive side of the ball, he's now in the portal headed to BYU. Or I guess out of the portal, he's at BYU. <laughs> so can Jalen McKen- uh, McMillan and Roma Dunze really emerge this year with two young quarterbacks? And, and that's the other thing. Washington lost three quarterbacks this offseason to the transfer portal. They lost Jacob Sermon, who ended up at Central Michigan, Ethan Garbers, who ended up at UCLA, and Kevin Thompson, who I guess didn't end up in the portal, but after seven years of college, decided to go pro. They replaced with Pat O'Brien, who comes from Colorado State via Nebraska first. But this is really going to be a two-man quarterback race. So is it going to be the incumbent, Dylan Morris, who looked admirable in his four starts, or is it the freshman sensation, Sam Heward? Sam Heward deciding to play part of his senior year before he enrolls in time for spring practice was probably the best decision he could have made instead of finishing his entire senior season, which kicks off this weekend. I think that now gives him an opportunity to win the job. If it's out of spring, it remains to be seen, but at least those 15 extra practices will help him out come fall if he is to take over the starting job from Dylan Morris. The last All-American Bowl we had before COVID, Brandon, I was in the... uh the hotel, the weight room. And I looked over to my left and I guess Sam Heward had flown in just like to watch the game because he knew he'd been in it next year. And this kid was working out. He's pumping some iron. He, um, someone was with him, uh, like one of the other Hewards. I couldn't quite tell, but you could, you could tell this kid was like physically at an early age developing. And I feel like he's probably ready, ready to start as a true freshman. I know we've just been talking about that. Like is, is Jimmy Lake, do we know anything about Jimmy uh, enough about Jimmy Lake to discern whether he is, the conservative coach who lets Dylan Moore or Sam Heward sit, or is he let's go out and get, get the best man, the job. Like, do we know enough about what Jimmy Lake will do here? Well, that's a great question because we know what Jimmy Lake, the defensive coordinator would have done. He'd have been aggressive. Let's take more chances. Let's be a little bit more risky and let's make some plays. But Jimmy Lake, the head coach kind of got an incomplete in the season, not starting on time for Washington with like it did for the rest of Pac-12, but then their first game gets canceled against Cal. So they don't get a game in week one. They end up playing, I think, four games before their game against Oregon gets canceled. Then they can't play in the Pac-12 championship game, then no bowl game. You know, while some teams in the conference are playing seven, eight games, Washington played four. So is that a large enough sample size to really know what Jimmy Lake, the head coach, wants to do? Is he going to go with the youth movement? Is he going to stick with what? worked for them last year. I mean, the other thing is in the game that Washington did lose against Stanford, they got down early, but Dylan Morris almost brought them back to win that game, which he had done the week before against Utah. So the kid has shown some chops, but the flip side to Heward, I mean, this is a guy that it feels like we've been watching him forever. And partly because we have, I was at his very first high school start 
when he was a freshman, which he made in Husky Stadium. In 2017, Kennedy was playing in the Emerald City Kickoff Classic, and you see a Heward on the field, you see a lefty. He's the son of Damon, who's the righty, the nephew of Brock, who's the lefty. But it all looked like the planets were aligning again. But already at that point, Dylan Morris had been committed to Washington. He had been offered by the Huskies a year before. It took another year for Sam Heward to get that offer. So it's kind of funny. Both these guys were longtime Washington commits, and Dylan Morris stayed the course. He went in as a freshman, knew that Jacob Beeson was there. He didn't hesitate. And that's the other thing about Dylan Morris is he's a plucky kid. I don't want to call him an underdog. He was a four-star guy, a top two rated player in the state of Washington, an Elite 11 finalist. But when he committed early, Washington in that next class or in the class prior to him had Jacob Servant already committed. They flipped Colson Yankoff. So he shows up at Washington knowing that there's two true freshmen ahead of him. There's a transfer quarterback from Georgia coming in who's another local kid. He didn't mind sitting at that time. A lot of times guys will see, hey, there's too many guys here. I'm going to go somewhere else where the depth chart isn't as you know, isn't as scary. And he went to Washington knowing what the depth trial would look like. And then in a surprise to some people, he ended up winning the job last fall. So, you know, Dylan Morris, I will say the kid earned the starting job. It wasn't like he was there because he was one of only a few bodies there. No, he won the starting job. But will it be enough to hold off Sam Heward, who's got some, you know, more plus physical tools than, than Dylan does. But again, Dylan has that one thing that Sam doesn't have, and that's four college football Pac-12 starts already under his belt and rallied against one of the best programs, one of the best defensive coaches in the conference in Kyle Whittingham to win a game. That's something that Sam Heward won't have at the earliest until this fall. Yeah. I wonder what, what Chris Peterson would do here. Brandon, when, when they changed, when Chris Peterson stepped down and they immediately announced Jimmy Lake as a new head coach, was there any percentage of the fan base and maybe if there was, you know, hazard a guess here that saw that as a welcome move, a little, a little fresh blood here. I think it was one of those that was pretty well received because probably the last two years of Chris Peterson's regime at Washington, there had been so much talk about Jimmy Lake taking another defensive coordinator job at a power five school, maybe in the SEC, maybe in the Big 12. His name was linked to Alabama. It was linked to Oklahoma. There were other programs coming after him as a defensive coordinator. In fact, it was to the point where he was just the DB coach in 2016 and 2017. And then Pete Kwiatkowski decided to move down from the defensive coordinator play calling role and let Jimmy Lake become the defensive coordinator and calling the defense in 2018 and 2019, in which Washington went to the Rose Bowl after the 2018 season. And the 2019 season, offensive struggles kept them from having a relatively successful season. But there was the feeling that Jimmy Lake, the identity of the defense, I mean, this, the secondary was the best unit on the field for the Huskies during that four-year stretch where they went to three New Year's Six Bowls. So there was a lot of excitement about Jimmy Lake. And then the pandemic hit. And I think that that really slowed things down for him from a momentum standpoint, largely from a recruiting standpoint. You have JT Tuimolowal, Emeka Egbuka, and Sam Heward, three top 10 players in the state. You only get get one of them. He's a legacy who actually committed to your predecessor. You don't get Igbuka. You're on the outside looking in for JT. So then there's, well, is he going to be able to recruit when in-state recruiting is not great? Then there's no spring football. There's no opportunity to see John Donovan play or put his offense at work. And a lot of the recruits that were interested in seeing Washington's offense never got a chance to until November. By that point, they're already down the road. So, you know, there was this excitement, but then by circumstances out of his own control, 
he didn't get an opportunity to really show what he could do in a long season. They only got four games. Yes, they beat Oregon State. Yes, they beat Utah. You know, yes, they beat Arizona, who was horrible. But then they lost to Stanford. They never got to play Oregon. Oregon ends up taking their place in the Pac-12 championship game. There's no bowl. So an incomplete was the best way to describe it. And I think fans are a little worried with players going in the portal, with Kwiatkowski leaving for Texas. There's some concern. Is he the right man for the job? I just don't think you can get a real full gauge with all the circumstances he dealt with. I think, and honestly, this is something that I think when in talking to a lot of the fans, since I know a lot of them, there was so much excitement about the possibility of getting Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator when Jimmy Lake was first hired, only for Kellen Moore to stay in Dallas. And then he hired Donovan, who at the time was the assistant running backs coach from the Jags. I think that took the wind out of some sales because people thought he'd be able to come in and make some big name hires and some big power moves. And he hired a relatively unknown offensive coordinator. Then you couple that with the inability to get guys on campus during the spring, recruiting kind of sputtering. So there were things that were in his control, most things that were out of his control to really give people, you know, reasons to panic and Seattle sports fans in general don't need a lot of reason to start to panic. We've been seeing that with Russell Wilson this entire offseason. And I still think that there's some optimism about what he can do. But this next season is going to be a real big deal for Jimmy Lake in year two, a full season. When you have an incoming quarterback like you do in Sam Keir, there's going to be the pressure to play the legacy. But did Dylan Morris do enough to keep his job? It's going to be absolutely fascinating to watch these next nine months. Yeah, my word's not yours. Their 2021 class, ranking number 36. That's a yikes moment, but I, I do like the transfer receiver they bring in from Texas Tech, Jalen Polk. And then, hey, you said it. We're going to find out pretty soon about Washington football in 2021 at Michigan on September 11th. If we get Sam Heward versus J.J. McCarthy, I'll throw some money at the TV. Brandon Huffman, thank you for joining us today on the College Football Daily. You can follow Brandon at Brandon Huffman on Twitter. My name is Trey Scott. Our producer is Lance Glenn. Hope everyone has a great weekend and enjoys watching some college basketball. We'll talk to you all on Monday.